Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super excited to welcome back to the podcast, but with a new job title, Kyle Madsen, host at ESPN 1320 in Sacramento, still the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, which is just turning out Cooperage Breer like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, But we are here to talk about week one of the San Francisco 49ers. But Kyle, welcome back to the show. Yeah, hey, thanks. I'm excited that I'm employed this time. And I'm not just sitting at home all day trying to see if there's any 49ers news to write about. It's a way better life this way. (laughs) I'm so glad. Because what I want for you is to have the happiest, fullest, betterest life that you can have. So thanks. If I have one... getting, Getting to leave my house and be productive in a day is definitely trending toward toward happiness more than not doing that was will you tell everybody when they can listen to you on espn 1320 in sacramento i just want to make sure that people know where to find you yeah 10 10 a.m to noon pacific time and if you're not in the sacramento kind of bay area and can listen on 1320 a.m on your radio mm-hmm. youtube.com espn 1320 uh show streams live there fantastic Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we're going to dive on in. You guys, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a very high likelihood that you were aware that the San Francisco 49ers marched into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers 30-7. to Honestly, I'm not sure it was even that close. It was such a total domination. I believe with like a minute and 34 seconds left in the first half, the 49ers had outgained the Steelers 233-2-1. So just... One. So it was pretty a pretty dominant performance. I was a person, and I think I was kind of in the minority on this. I did think the four hours were going to win the game. I did not think it was going to be easy. And mm. this was very easy. I also think it I also kind of felt it had the little bit of the potential of 2022 week one vibes where just like a million things start going wrong. And there was a very short period at the end of the set of the first half where you thought. Oh, maybe this could happen, but it did not. But it was quite a performance. One, I know it's week one, but I think you could call it a statement performance. And again, I know it's week one, and we all love to overreact to week one. I mean, obviously, the Bengals got killed. Should they move on from Joe Burrow? Yes, of course. <laughs> Many are saying, yes. <laughs> Many are saying, by the way, guys, that is a joke. <laughs> I just want to put that <laughs> total, complete joke. Did the Bengals make a mistake paying Joe Burrow? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? That was a joke, so I'm just going to say that now. But even without, even with the overreaction, do think the 49ers showed they're better than most teams. I know the Cowboys had quite a night on Sunday, but the Giants looked terrible. Um, the 49ers, they're 
they could be it. We'll see. A lot has to happen. But it was quite a performance, is the point. Yeah, I I went into the game thinking they weren't going to win because it was just a tough spot. East Coast, 10 a.m. Pacific time kick against a Mike Tomlin team. You knew they were going to be locked in and and ready to play. And then they just kind of weren't. The Niners punched them in the mouth in a way that I did not anticipate the Steelers getting punched in the mouth. And then Kenny Pickett was was really bad on his first couple series, and I think it just kind mm-hmm. of snowballed on him from there. Mm-hmm. And with this Niners team, we've seen it since 2019. When they get up two scores early in a game where their defensive line can kind of pin its ears back and, a de- and, a, and an opposing offense has to get one-dimensional, it gets really, really tough to beat the 49ers in that spot. And especially if you're a team like the Steelers who want to follow a similar formula to the 49ers. Like mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett is not is not the kind of player yet that is going to play from behind and play well yeah. in that spot. And to to Kenny Pickett's credit, is Niners defense I think is is still one of the best in the league. So, well, and Kenny I'm, Pickett, I was say this defense is a little better than the ones we've seen in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's probably a fair statement. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I I was not going to freak out if they lost. Mm-hmm. It was going to just kind of be... Because, they, I mean, they lost week one last year to a way worse team than Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And and they were fine. But I also said, if they figure out a way to go out and kind of dominate the game, I'll feel really good about them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because yeah. I don't think it's an... It would have been an overreaction had this group of players not played well in week one to say, oh, they're they're bad. Right, but this group of players playing as well as they did, I don't know where you're at, but I didn't see anything that was totally unsustainable. Like I didn't see anybody play a game. I mean, Drake Jackson statistically had three sacks, but I didn't think he played out of his mind in a way that's like, okay, well, he's never going to do that again. Right. So that was my big takeaway: was man, this was just kind of a beatdown, and the Niners didn't do anything that was totally out of the ordinary. No, they didn't. And it, it has all of those 2019 vibes, too, as I look at the schedule. And again, mm. they obviously have to play the games on the schedule. But you know, 2019 was one of those years where and it was a little different because the expectation wasn't necessarily there. But mm-hmm. you know, they win the first game, they win the second game. And then you start looking at the schedule and you're like, is this team about to be like 7-0? and And so they went, they got to 9-0, and right? And then they lose to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football? Or was it 8-0? No, it was 8-0. And then they lost in Week 10. Because oh, they, they had, had their buy early. They had buy. So they had the, yeah. So then they lost to the Seahawks in yeah. week 10 on Monday football. So um, it, it has a little bit of those vibes, but I do agree with you. I'll say something that this is something I felt the other day. And I'd said this on this podcast last week. I actually was going to pick them to lose if Bosa wasn't back. And not just mm. because of the impact. I mean, obviously his impact on the field. Drake Jackson had a heck of a game, but Drake Jackson doesn't have three sacks if Nick Bosa's not on the field. It wasn't, you know, you, I, in my opinion, I think if you have mm-hmm. Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa doing what they do, it makes it, and that it's going to make, it's going to be like that all season for yep. a variety of guys, you know, having yep. all these guys on the line are going to help. So it's taking nothing away from Drake Jackson, who I think had an incredible game and obviously worked hard in the off season and, yeah. and it, it's coming to fruition. But the reason I felt that way really was that it just, there was a vibe shift and you could feel it. And yeah. that is kind of where I felt like, okay, that changes everything because the vibe before that of like, we really want him back, but if he's not here, well, I guess we'll just deal with it. It was just different. And Mm -hmm. so as soon as he was back, I felt like, okay, they are going to win this game because now 
there's kind of an, there's an energy shift. I'm very woo woo, Kyle. I don't know if you know that about me. Super mm-hmm. woo woo. I love I felt that for like, you. Thank you. <laughs> so I felt there was an energy shift. So there well, you go, guys. <laughs> you could kind of tell, well, you could kind of tell in, in all the reporting that, that you and, and everybody did down at the, down at the facility, just all the stories of not, you know, relief, but like celebration that Bosa was back. And that was, that was kind of my other thought. I, I picked the Niners to not win, but I, I gave the caveat on, on ESPN 1320 that they might just be a buzzsaw now. Like maybe right. Bosa returning is just going to flip a switch for everybody and they're going to lock in. I didn't think it was going to happen, but that's very much what happened. And mm-hmm. I think there's an urgency that, that this team has now. Because mm-hmm. I think they kind of know, I, I, I'm not trying to write anybody off, but realistically, having a, a Super Bowl window with the same kind of core group of players that's mm-hmm. now going into its fifth season is really mm-hmm. tough to do. Yeah. And if this group makes another deep playoff run that does not end in a Super Bowl, you're asking everybody to regather for a fourth consecutive year next year to try and make another deep Super Bowl run after having a defeat, you know, at some point late in the playoffs, whether it be the NFC title game, the Super Bowl, or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think they know that this is a year they kind of have to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And it looked like it's Sunday. And when you watched around the league, so many, so many teams looked like they were still kind of going through the preseason motions. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers were like, no, it's here. Like it is, it is go time. And I think that's important. I think that's that's really, really important to set a tone like that. And it's something they had talked about in training camp that there was this 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 conversation in the mm-hmm. locker room and meetings, et cetera, that they needed to start fast. I mean, the last two years, three and four, three and five, they do end up in the NFC Championship game. But by that last game, the travel, all of it, it takes a toll. And they want that first yep. round by and they want home field advantage. And a lot of circumstances are going to come into play. But I think they want to at least put themselves in the best position to get it. They don't want to look back and be like, if we hadn't lost those games that we shouldn't have loved. We hadn't lost to Chicago in week one. If we hadn't yep. done, you know, those, they don't want to have that feeling. And there was, there was, and in some ways, and this is going to sound really weird, but, you know, in some ways we've seen the last couple of years, this team has really like thrived under adversity. And mm-hmm. I think in some ways they got that this off season, the Trey mm-hmm. Lance stuff was weird. And, and it was like, all it was, it was just weird. It was a weird yeah. thing. There was a weird feeling in the locker room and it's a guy that they liked, but they didn't have time to develop it, the whole thing. So yeah. that was weird. Nick Bosa wasn't there. They yeah. lost a lot of guys in the off season. There was just kind of a, a different kind of, I don't want to keep using the word vibe, but there was, it was a little bit of a yeah. weird vibe, but I wonder if they kind of got through that stuff earlier. And, you know, now we see next up, they have the Rams who did beat the Seahawks in Seattle and beat mm-hmm. them handily without Cooper cup. But I don't, don't think they're going to lose the Rams on Sunday. I'm and not buying it, the Rams just yet. No. Did you know the Rams ran it 40 times for 92 yards? Oh, I did not know that. That is so hard to do. To run it 40 times and not get to 100 yards. That's actually, I mean, almost, it's almost like a dubious honor. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> impressive. Like, wow. So, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not super buying the Rams yet. No. And that's I'm why, I mean, they get the Rams, the Giants. I think the Giants are better than they were Sunday night. But I, I that's not, not a super talented team. And then it's the Cardinals who are actively trying to lose. And then the Cowboys, who are a legit contender in the NFC. That's so, going to be an interesting game. Yeah. So when you start to look at, you know, Cowboys, Browns have a very good defense. That game's on the road. 
Vikings mm-hmm. on, on the road on Monday night, then Bengals, then Jags on the road, and then it's that Seahawks Eagles. So stacking up wins early in the season to give mm-hmm. themselves a little bit of a margin of error there is, mm-hmm. I think, super important. So I, I think if they do wind up getting the one seed, I think you can kind of circle back to to this weekend and yeah. say, you know, that was kind of where it started. So let's talk a little bit about the quarterback. One Brock Purdy, uh, in the words of Nick Bosa, he shut up some of the haters and also the mm. word Nick Bosa is exactly who we thought he was. Uh, that it was obviously for those of us that cover the team and pay attention to this team. I don't really think it was uber surprising. I do think nationally it's very, it's been very hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that mm. Brock Purdy really could be the guy and, and is the guy and that the 49ers really believe he is the guy. And he, very much proved on Sunday that he is. I mean, six months to the day after having the elbow surgery and just came out there and was, was it not to sound like Kyle Shanahan, but by no means was he perfect, but he had a, but I mean, really though, he had a great game. I mean, there were a couple protection issues. I know Kyle said today on his, or Monday on his call that, there were a couple times where maybe Brock should have gotten rid of the ball or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was a pretty good game on the road for the quarterback. And it was such a dominant performance. And I mean, he looked great and I don't think anyone has a story about Brock Purdy. Yeah, he did. He looked exactly like he did last year. Right. Mm-hmm, and exactly. that's, that's, they scored 33 and a half points a game from week 13 on through, mm-hmm. through week 18. And they hang up 30 again yesterday on the road against a, a Steelers defense that fancied itself one of the best in the league and may still be. We don't we don't know. Yeah. But I I I'm not ready to stamp Purdy a franchise guy because I think there's another level he's gonna have to get, but he may not <laughs> he may not need to get to that level this year to to win it all. If he, they're yeah. gonna be that sound on both sides of the ball. Purdy needs to do exactly what he's done through his first, you know, seven regular season games here, including the Dolphins game. And if he does that, they're going to score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have readily available uh, a formula for for stopping the Niners' offense. I don't, I don't think there is one because if he can do what he's been doing, and clearly Kyle Shanahan trusts him to do it, and mm-hmm. uh, Kyle was asked after the game if calling the fourth and one play was a little bit having, you know, more confidence in his quarterback. And he said, well, mm-hmm. kind of, but he kind of, he, he, you know, he said, well, not necessarily and they're blah, blah, blah. But I, I feel like it is because I don't think he's calling that fourth and one pass play with Jimmy. He's not calling that fourth and one pass play with Trey. He's definitely not calling it with Brian Hoyer. Like <laughs> he's not calling it with Nick Mullins. Like this list goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I do think there is a tremendous trust in Brock Purdy and he trusts Brock Purdy in a way that we've never seen him really trust a quarterback and Brock Purdy has earned that trust. And then you have Brandon Ayuk, who I just, I mean, this man could have like a 3000 yard season. That's probably not going to happen, but he is on such another level right now that I don't even, I mean, he, it was funny because in training camp, he would catch everything. And of course it was like, well, it's training camp going against, number one defense but still training camp but yesterday he caught everything he was targeted eight times and he caught all eight of them and had the two touchdowns and he's just on like a completely other level of course christian mccaffrey was christian mccaffrey debo even had a nice game but it gets totally kind of downplayed because compared to everything else yeah i think that's what's so crazy is they put up 30 and debo samuel was fine george kittle was fine 
it was mostly Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. The thing that's wild with Ayuk is how open he is all the time. All the time. And that it's wasn't un- just on Sunday. That goes back to last year. Mm-hmm. And so to have a quarterback in Brock Purdy who is capable and willing of pushing the ball down the field the way that that Purdy does, I, I think I think that's going to allow Ayuk to thrive because he is so good at creating separation in those in those intermediate and deep areas. So mm-hmm. I don't again, that's the kind of thing where is he going to have 129 yards and two touchdowns a game? No, it, the, the ball is going to get distributed differently. But if you told me Brandon Ayuk went for, you know, 1300 receiving yards this year or something, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bet against that at all. He just no. looked really, really good on Sunday. And I don't think it was something that's necessarily atypical. No, not at all, because we did see it last year. I mean, it was funny because mm-hmm. he had a thousand yard season last year and in the spring, he was like, Yeah, I'm now I'm gonna go to the next level. I mean, then that's that yeah. can't imagine what that's gonna be. I mean, remember what Debo said in the spring, you can't catch that boy in a phone booth right now. And I think that's true. Yeah. And he he carried that over. And the other thing, you brought up Shanahan and trusting Brock Purdy. The Niners in a in a game they were kind of rolling, still threw the ball twenty nine times. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of had this thought all offseason that the the Niners in the in the three years that they've been to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game ranked 29th in pass attempts twice and 26th the other time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've just not thrown it a lot. But I think what we're going to see this year is an offense that I think throws it more and mm-hmm. is more balanced toward. I mean, they're they're never going to be super heavy pass or run one way or the other. But I think they're going to be a little more balanced towards the the. Uh, towards the passing game this year where maybe they finish in the middle of the pack in attempts. And mm-hmm. because of that, there's more targets to go around, there's more receptions, there's more yards to go around. And that's why I think Ayuk can have a huge year while also thinking that, you know, Debo Samuel and George Kittle are going to contribute a lot because I think Purdy's going to put the ball in the air. And as long yeah. as Shanahan trusts him to do that, I, I, I don't know why they would why they would stop if he's being this efficient. I can't imagine there'd be any reason to stop if he's being this efficient and he's proven it. I mean, I know that everyone says it's a small sample size, but yes and no, in my opinion, the Miami game, he didn't start, but he came in, what was it like the second series and he came in pretty early. Um, I think that game absolutely counts. And then it just kept rolling to the NFC championship game. And it's not, I mean, his elbow came off. Like that was, there's not a lot he could have done about that at that point. So I, I think it's like a, it's a small sample size ish, but by the same token, if you looked at the other way, if he came in last year and had eight, not good, mediocre games, they'd be like, so he's done. Yeah, He's done. So I, I think, you know, I don't think it's quite as small as people say. So, and then just the mm-hmm. weapons are, they're incredible. And then you look on, oh, sorry, it looks like you're going to say something. It no, like he just he can run the offense. That's what matters. We right. get so caught up in rankings and where is he? Is he top twenty or top? What is? He? If the offense is scoring thirty points a game, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like that's the it's it's the the team scores the points, and yeah. if he can operate the offense to where it's that good at scoring, then a plus. My only question with him at this point, for because I think you're right. Like sample size, be damned. I'm I'm good on. I I know what Brock Purdy can and can't do. My one thing that's I don't want, I don't even want to say holding me back, but the thing I'm interested to see is like the 2021 NFC title game. Mm-hmm. The Rams tied it. The Niners' offense got the ball, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not capable of of leading the team down the field in a situation where the Rams knew that that he was going to be throwing it a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And then certainly when the when the Rams took the lead and Garoppolo got the ball, when the Niners offense got the ball, and they know Garoppolo's going to throw it with, I think there was like a minute and a half or two minutes left. They know he's going to throw it, and he couldn't be effective. So in that big spot, can Purdy just go four wide and distribute without the benefit of play action, without the benefit of Christian McCaffrey being in backfield and, and bending defenses that way? But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's such a, like, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like a specific instance, right? That, like, okay, cross that bridge when we when when we get there. And there's a likelihood that he will be in that specific instance sometime in the regular season. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, they do have some good teams they are playing. They have a, down the road a there. lot of tough games coming up. For they sure. have a lot of tough games, so he may be in that, and which would be great because then they know. And if not, yeah. then they figure it out and yeah. they work around it. But I think, you know, that we'll see. And that one we won't know till we know. And that's probably true of anyone, to be honest. Yeah. But um, we'll see. So I want to talk a little bit of defense just because I know we certainly touched on it in the beginning. But I think the the dominance and even, you know, I, and I asked Kyle about this on Monday, the Lenore penalty, the 15 yard mm-hmm. penalty. Certainly you don't want the penalty, but that's the, how they play defense. And sometimes it's, it's also was a little bit one of those penalties that like once he was in the air, it, it, it was going to be hard, but I think it, it does speak to the physicality. I think it speaks to the athleticism and all of that, but this defense and I'm sure they'll have games where they're not this good. I don't know. I, that may not be true because Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa had a really like a perfectly acceptable game for someone who's not Nick Bosa, but two tackles and a quarterback hit. But that's stats. When you look at the field, mm-hmm. he's everywhere. And he's creating yep. play, like we talked about in the beginning, creating plays for other people because he's on the field. Yep. So, I mean, this defense, barring any major injury, which hopefully doesn't happen, this defense is unbelievable. Yeah, they're they're the addition of Javon Hargrave and the impact that has on Eric Armstead. Mm-hmm. And the impact that that has, as you just laid out, on all the defensive ends, and then you throw Nick Bosa in there, it's it's a it's a front to back defense. They want their defensive line to drive it, and it looks like it's going to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm I don't I I guess you can you can be concerned about their cornerback depth if you want, but even. Even then, they now, played. If there's a weakness, that's where it is. I think they the, played. Just, you know, but they played. Every team has has weak cornerback depth, and the Niners played yeah. four cornerbacks yesterday. Ambry Thomas and 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 Isaiah Oliver basically split the nickel snaps. So, I, I I don't I don't have any I don't have any nits to pick. Cornerback depth, like you said, is an issue around the NFL. No one in the NFL has like superstar. I mean, I think actually the 49ers probably have a. For at least in their starting corners, about as good a situation as anybody to have two, you know, you have one, I would say, really, really, really good starting corner and one really good starting corner who's only going to get, who's continues to get better and better in Diameter yeah. Lamar. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. No, no team is sitting there super psyched about their fifth cornerback. No. I mean, it's just, so uh, like I said, it's, it's just kind of picking nits at this point. Built. And if they <laughs> are, they're not super psyched about a, quite a few other things. Yeah. There. Right. Yeah. They're like, right, we can't get a pass rush, but our fifth corner is sick. Our fifth corner is amazing. <laughs> our quarterback can't complete a pass, but have you seen our fifth corner? <laughs> yeah, that guy is great. <laughs> He's really good. 
He's so good. Oh yeah. Okay. So there we go. Um, I love it. Okay. So the four hours. Oh, and then I almost forgot to bring up the part of the game, which is most important to me. No. As a beat reporter, I am an unbiased observer, except (laughs) when it comes to two things. Number one, the kicker, Jake Moody. Number two, wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, who got some snaps yesterday. I just want to throw that out there. He did. Um, Eight of them. Eight of them. So, uh, which is funny enough, was his number in college. So I don't know if there's some, my woo-woo-ness, really, just the the antennas went up there. But it's because they went to Michigan. So in case you guys wonder what the two of them have in common. But definitely, maybe even more so the kicker, because dropped at 99, and, and somebody on this podcast predicted multiple times that he was going to get drafted at 99 and encouraged it that somebody's me it was not Kyle Madsen oh, um, but it, I know I don't upset you there but it was not it was my my maize and blue and also because Jake Moody while in college kept me from tears on a number of occasions because he couldn't miss so I bring him up because I think yesterday was a pretty important day because obviously he struggled in the preseason then he got hurt and came back on Sunday they did not have him do kickoffs because he was still, you know, coming back from the injury, though Kyle Shanahan said Monday they are planning on having him be the kickoff guy. He made his three field goals. He made all the extra points. He was personally responsible for 12 of those 30 points. I know it never is all Brandon Ayuk, but I'm just saying Jake Booty is responsible for 12. <laughs> In fact, Jake Booty and Brandon Ayuk scored the same amount of points. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely had the same impact on the game for sure. Um, no, I, I I said when Jake Moody got hurt that when it became apparent that it wasn't a major thing, that it might actually be good for him in the long run. Okay. Because he went from drilling everything in practice mm-hmm. to missing his first two kicks in in his first preseason game. Mm-hmm. And then in his second one, missing an extra point. But making his three field goals, and yes, it's the game winner. Yeah, he hit the game winner, but it like just snuck inside the upright. And you could see where if he had to, if he goes out in that third preseason game and misses a kick, mm-hmm. you could see where that could really start to snowball. Yeah. So I think it's actually a good thing that he didn't play in the preseason finale. And mm-hmm. then he got a week off and away just to rehab. And then when he got back into practice, it was 30 to 40 yards and just easy kicks and just gets out of his head and just back into a normal rhythm. Yeah. And that's what it that's what it looked like to me on on Sunday. Because yeah. those kicks weren't just sneaking inside the upright. Everything was down the middle. Yeah. And that's that's if you're going to draft a guy 99th you need to make sure he's really good and he was really really good on Sunday. And I think that kind of also takes away that. I mean, I actually I said to Kyle like does did you have a sigh of relief and to Kyle's credit he was like, "Yeah." Like it it did kind of calm everybody down. He didn't put it that way, but he said, "Yeah, we did." We did because he'd been so great in practice and mm-hmm. had the struggle. So, and he got, he healed up so much. But it's actually kind of amazing. The healing in this team recently, these last several months, like yeah. for a team that used to have setback after setback, the healing process is, seems to be going great. But he, you know, healed up pretty quickly. And so I just think that probably just took a load off everybody's concern sure. and mine and, and all of that. And, and certainly mine, because I was definitely worried about it because that is where my bias a hundred percent comes through. Um, cause I really, I really want Jake to, Oh yeah, no. it's like an accepted, it's like an accepted thing. Sure. <laughs> it's, sure. It's, um, it's accepted. just a given. 
It's in fact, in fact, I'm going to plug this for you guys every week. I do a series with uh, Jake Moody and Ronnie Bell called Predictable Picks with the Maize and Blue. And they pick who's going to win the Michigan game and how many points they're going to win by. So please check it out on my Instagram, my TikTok, and Twitter. Or X, whatever we're calling it. Perfect. Um, But it's really fun. Uh, Last week, Ronnie was closest. He picked them to win by 30. Jake picked them to win by 50, which Mm. felt high. But, I mean, who am I to argue? I love the confidence, though. I love the confidence too. I actually, during the video, I'm like 50, <laughs> but very seriously, it was like 50. And I was like, Ronnie said 30 and he was like 50. I liked the confidence too. They won. Yeah, who'd, they, who'd they play? They played, uh, they played UNLV. They won 35 to seven. It would have been 50, but they took the starters out in the third quarter. Like early. Mm, in the third quarter. Yeah. So uh, this weekend is Bowling Green. So make sure to watch for those um, predictions. Also, I'm really excited about it too. Is a really cute graphic that goes along with it. So I'm just starting out. It's super fun. So please make sure to check it out. Okay. Uh, and then my bias will just continue to come through. But you know that's okay. At the end of the day, everybody wants the kicker to make his kicks. So no doubt. When it comes, if you're dead, they get to the Super Bowl and it comes down to a game-winning kick, there ain't going to be any 49er fan in the world who doesn't want Jake Moody to make that kick. I don't think there's any Niner fan in the world that didn't want Jake Moody to make the kick on Sunday. I, it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> and I not a fan anymore. Not don't dislike them, but just obviously as a reporter now, sure. not a fan, but, but that I literally was like a reporter next to me said, are you okay? I was like, not really. I just really <laughs> need this to go through. And I did. By the, by the second field goal, I was like, okay, I think things are good here two extra points well honestly when the first one when the first one went as down the middle as it did i was like pack it in he's good he's good he's good money moody lives on my friends money moody lives on that was his mission i don't know how i would have survived i mean you you joke however like in all reality it might have been a problem (laughs) so (laughs) i think it is for the best that money moody lives on so um i just had to bring that up because i would be remiss yeah so of course and I would actually say we should all hope that we're really not bringing up the kicker much in future, for future podcasts unless he, like, makes a game-winning kick and it's like, oh, that was so cool. And that's right. that. Yeah, hopefully you just kind of forget the kicker is there. Yeah. I'll never forget, but the rest well, of you, yeah, it's better no, that you, that, you, you know what I meant. Yes. But for the rest of you, it's, it's probably good that you forget it. Uh, <laughs> well, Kyle, I think we have hit all the hot spots. Before we now move into week two, the thing with football season that's so funny is it's like, next thing you know, it's like week four and you're like, oh, here we're like a third of the way. Th- not even, Well, maybe not a third, but it just goes by really fast is the point to my seat. I was just thinking about that today. Just how quickly, like the Niners, the Niners Super Bowl run in 2019 was five seasons ago. I mean, it's bananas. That's so, that's the same amount of distance between Jim Tom Sula and the Super Bowl run. That's bananas too. Wow. It's wild. That is wild. God, it goes fast. And it's funny. The because been, and the fact they've been good for basically that whole time is nuts as well. It is because that was not necessarily the case for a plethora of years. Yeah, for like a lot of them. For most Very, of them. For more years for most, than not. Yeah, for more years than not. There were the few Harbaugh years. But before that was a hot mess. After that, for a couple years, was a hot mess. And then, yeah, yeah it's kind of. It is it's kind of amazing. Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't mean to bring up Harbaugh, but, you know, go blue. So 
Sorry. <laughs> okay. I can't, I, I can't be stopped. <laughs> I can't be stopped. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, well, my, I, I really, I get, I'm a Michigan fan now and a Dodger fan. Like, I don't have, you know, it's different now. So these are the two teams I really get to be a fan of. And I embrace it. Yeah. I think shout we out. would all. <laughs> Did you say shut up or shout out? No, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that would be so rude. Oh my God. That would be the rudest possible oh, thing. I, and I asked it so casually. Like, did you say shut up or shut up? Did you up? just tell me to shut up? Yeah. Hey, Tracy, here's what's going to happen. I'll come on your podcast. And then I'm going to tell you to stop talking in a rude way. <laughs> oh, Kyle, this is why I love having you on. All right. I'm going to ask you a question, though, and then let oh, you go. Boy. But this is just a fun question that I'm going to actually ask the players this week. I'm doing like a bunch of. Um, little it's like a series starting this year last week we did favorite football movie it's just gonna be it's gonna be called niners unplugged but this year this week it's going to be their most embarrassing song on their pregame playlist so before i let you go i'd like to know the most embarrassing song on your playlist oh i'm gonna pick my workout playlist okay um i've gotten really into k-pop lately okay and that's apparently a thing that that people just think is weird uh but k-pop is is bangers only um so i'm not gonna pick a, a k-pop because i'm not embarrassed about that um okay. but you did feel the need to share which i appreciate yeah no i want everybody to to get into to get into, I, i'm gonna to check it out that. now because i like pop i like pop so okay i'm gonna i'm gonna send you are you a taylor swift person <laughs> you know i went to the concert right you not know that <laughs> oh yeah that's right okay i just honestly everybody i follow on instagram went to that concert that's and fair. so i don't know the difference between who did uh i'm gonna send you one it's a girl named rose she's from the group blackpink it's a solo song of hers that has a very taylor swift vibe i'll send it to you it's great all right uh, no my it. my most embarrassing song in my workout playlist is uh maybe and again i i don't even want to say embarrassed because it's a great song but like edge of midnight by miley cyrus okay great song. I, I like miley cyrus yeah, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what I'm going to go with. OK. I'm, okay. I'm not I'm just not ashamed by my music. I'm not embarrassed. If somebody were to be like, if somebody were going to make fun of a song on my workout playlist, that's probably what it would be. Well, and I'm using embarrassed and like, I don't, I don't want anyone to feel any shame. It's more like, <laughs> more like, OK, what's the most embarrassing? You know, <laughs> so you should. Yeah, be it like, goes like it's like it's like. Hardcore hip hop, hardcore hip hop, Miley Cyrus, hardcore hip. It's that kind of heavy like metal. It. Yeah, I like it. Anyways, I like Edge it. of Midnight. Well, tell everybody where they can find you again. Nineswire.com, Candlestick Chronicles podcast, ESPN thirteen twenty ten a.m. to noon Pacific. I'm all over the place. You are lucky mentally us mentally and physically. <laughs> can can confirm. <laughs> um, <laughs> You guys can follow me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you like what you heard, and I know you had to have, then please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a positive review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. See you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.